Welcome to Market Mentors, a podcast for the marketing leaders of today and tomorrow. I'm Fiona Jensen, a director and co-owner of Market Recruitment. For over a decade, I've been helping B2B marketeers find the best jobs with great companies. Together, we'll discover how marketing experts reach the top and learn from their experience. Ask career-related questions you can't get answers to elsewhere. Be tough, be challenged, be mentored. Mark Green packs a punch with honest insight into working for a company that has had to pivot, but found greater success through fanatical customer service and value. He talks of the changes, both recent and historic, in the marketing industry and shares his own marketing career journey, answering some tough but important questions with radical candour and talking about what he feels the future looks like for B2B marketers. So I'm here with Mark Green, the uh, Vice President of Marketing Amira Rackspace. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Much appreciated. Um, if you could just summarise who you are and um, what sort of experience the audience is about to learn from, that'd be great. Uh, yes. So as you say, I look after our um, marketing for Rackspace in Amir. Been doing this job for a couple of years now. Um, been at Rackspace for just over five. Um, before that, um, at Insight a computer reseller over Europe, and then before that, uh, Quark and Macromedia before it was acquired by Adobe. So from university into a marketing role, and I've been in marketing for 20-odd years now. So it's always been marketing, from selling from catalogues to, you know, kind of AI and chatbots as we are today. So a huge progression and a, a pretty steady migration through the types of role the leadership that's come with that and perhaps the size of the team as well. So, yeah, here I sit today. Um, it's about 60, 65 of us, a full, as I say, European remit, reporting into a European function here as marketing is as important to this business as sales and support and, and HR and finance, but then also part of the leadership team in the US under the CMO um, who obviously runs it globally. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Fantastic. That's lovely. Well, there's going to be a wealth of, uh, well, lots and lots of nuggets of information there for people to learn from. Um, but I can hear about 300 different questions coming from that straight away as to how do you do that? How do you get to there? What's that like? Um, you know, the whole EMEA relationship, US relationship, where the strategy comes from, all that sort of stuff. So uh, thank you so much. Pleasure. Um, so... As this is a podcast which tends to get picked up by people who are just thinking about their career or potentially looking at new job roles or um, who are potentially looking to move career, um, let's give them a little bit of advice around interviewing. Uh, specifically if they're in an interview situation, either they're preparing for it or they're just on the route to going to one. So having interviewed a host of B2B marketeers over the years, what advice would you give them to perform at their best or better in an interview scenario? Um, I I would, yeah, probably the best way to answer that is to think of what I would expect if I've just finished an interview, what am I hoping that I've seen? Um, I... Regardless, and I think this this transcends marketing, a lot of marketing depends on honesty, I think. Um, Whether you are directly talking to a customer or 
or even a prospect, I think that needs to flow through everything that you do. And it's important at Rackspace, as you'd expect. So I don't mind failure. I like to see that people understand failure and move on from it. We have a phrase here of, if you're going to fail, fail fast. Um, So the first characteristic, I think, is turn up and be honest. If things haven't worked, talk about them. Um, If you're nervous about things or you sense that there's part of the roles that worry you, talk about it, be open and honest. I would rather have someone acknowledge part of a role that they saw as a challenge than, than perhaps give me an answer that suggested that they were more competent than they could be. Um, I think data and an understanding of performance is always crucial. And that's not expecting you to come into an interview and know the answers at a metric level to every question. But be prepared to know how you would answer everything. If give me an example of a successful campaign, don't tell me that it was lovely colours and everyone liked it in the office. Tell me that it drove X amount of audience and X amount of leads and opportunities and helped me generate this. Because fundamentally... Um, my team will frown if I say this to them. We are a sales support function. Marketing is here to drive revenue. So the role of that has to be central, I think, in B2B marketing. And then thirdly, it's important here, it's important everywhere I've been. Half of a person's role is capability, half is character. So be yourself, be who you are. If you have things you're proud of, if you have family, if you have strong connections, if you like traveling, if you like food, talk about it. Because the personality of an individual comes out in the way they market. And I could have 50 people working for me who are all tired and grumpy and frustrated in their lives. They're not going to perform well as people who have passion and are leaving the office today at five o'clock to go and spend time with friends. I'm going to get the best out of them. So there'd be the three things, I think. Be honest. Be truthful when you talk about performance. Relate that back to what really matters in the business and be yourself. Just let people see who you are. That would probably be the three things I'd like to see. Very good. Thank you. Um, Now, back on the advice train, uh, what advice can you give to undergrads starting or trying to find the right path in marketing? Yeah, this is a great question. It's difficult. It's much more difficult than for me. Um, I think, you know, go back to 1998 when I graduated, marketing was, I mean, it was easy to understand what marketers did. I think now... I have at least 15 disciplines of specialism in that team, you know, through the doors there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't expect a graduate to sit in front of me and say I'm a social expert or a data expert or a campaign expert or a content expert. I think what you need to do is is approach, approach the idea of that first step into marketing <laughs> is why marketing? And that would be the best asset. You, again, going back to the interview, mm. why is marketing the area for you? And I think then you start drawing on the need to make a difference. And then that translates into, is that difference material in, I want to drive something, I want to go and take a product and take it to market. Is my interest in marketing actually talking to customers? Is my interest in marketing the creation of things? Or arguably, you know, the act, there are still a lot of creative mm. people um, in marketing. I think the challenge for a graduate is you're not expected to, so don't. Just talk about, again, as I said before, the things that you're passionate about, the areas of interest you have, and try and answer that question as a field that's different to HR and sales and finance. Why marketing? And I think that would lead you correctly. You're not expected at a graduate level. Unless you've got a degree in data science or a degree in you know, graphic design, um, 
But it's a question I think more marketing managers today don't expect you to answer. You just need to understand why you're at that table. How do you figure out what you want to do marketing career-wise out of university? Um, my big driver was, it, I, I did perhaps a little bit fell into it, not an accident. I had a, I did a degree in marketing, but um, anyone listening to this coming out of university now with the debt that you amass is staggering. Again, I probably knowing some of the interns and graduates that we reply here, I was, I was, I was up to my ears in debt when I left, but it was much smaller amounts. So there was a drive for me to get into work and start earning. And there was also a drive to use my career. So um, I started in catalogue marketing, building catalogue pages of computer equipment. Um, and the, the desire and the drive to do it was very financially driven. Um, I started work before my graduation. I finished my last exams and left. I didn't graduate. There was no ball for me. Um, so the drive was very personal. Um, but it's always been that. I've always been driven. I've, I've never found ever a time to switch off and stop. So, yeah, it was my motivation was very, I've got to clear this debt and crack on. But, yeah, very financial driven for mm. me in the, in the early stages. That's the complete honest answer. And then once I started to see the career evolve, then they were more of the right decisions. Mm. Um, but, look, I don't think anyone potentially listening to this under the age of 25 has not got financial security and mm. value and progression as one of their main drivers and that's yeah. fine mm. again go back to my when we were talking about interviews talk about it because i would yeah. rather have someone that was motivated by mm. money i think if that motivation becomes too much of a driver you're probably a salesman at heart but that financial motivation is progression that's what helps mm. keep you you know fast and honest perfect um how do you get from exec to manager level without experience wow um, I think a very difficult one. I think manager, um, well, I guess the two ways to look at that question. There is, I have managers who are individual contributors. Mm. So where a step in just understanding and progression. So in our, for example, in our social media team, there are social media marketeers and there are social media managers. Mm. The managers don't manage people. They just have bigger responsibility. Um, that comes with tenure and experience. Um, how you do that without experience, I don't know, not for me. Um, the other end of that is the management of people. There is, of course, a step, whether it's managing one or managing 50, you have to do that for the first time. Mm. And I think we're quite lucky here. We have intern programs, so I can spot the future managers because they're the ones that it almost magnetises to. Um, there are people out there now that, in case they're listening, will go on without names that I can <laughs> see becoming leaders mm. where they don't even know it because the interns will respond to them. They'll gather people up. They'll work on projects. They'll pull people together. Um, I liken it a little bit, first steps into management, a bit like the, the captain of the sports team. Mm. You feel that you are, you're not necessarily the best player, but everyone listens to you. Mm. And I think those are some of the first things to think about. But it, good management, I think, happens when you're doing everything else right. There you go. Um, how to move into a role for potential versus experience. So I suppose this is when people are looking to stretch themselves or, you know, they want more responsibility. How do they go about getting that? Um, the foundation of performance is crucial. Um, you know, use an example of, again, let's go back to the social media team. Someone says to me, I'd like to do more. 
and we talk about it and we agree and then everything you were doing starts breaking up and failing it becomes very difficult so I think any progression or any requirement to do more must be based on a foundation of performance once that's in place that's the magic things a leader wants to hear people asking you can I do more knowing that everything I'm doing now is secure and it's a it's two very fundamentally different things it's comfort and understanding in the value that you bring to the org and then the desire to do more it's a dream so I would say anyone thinking about taking that asking that question or looking at that next promotion or that next step just turn around and look at what it is you're doing today and be honest with yourself because and maybe even ask someone ask a peer ask a colleague how do you judge my performance because stepping away from that could be the worst thing you ever do Mm. but without asking and stepping on you're never going to progress so don't take that decision lightly but yeah spend as much time looking at what you're doing and how successful that is as you do looking forward at what you want to be very good advice um what are the most important skills that you want to see in people that you're looking to hire um it's a good question i think you know the varying roles if i was looking to hire a a kind of director of a particular function, then I can be very specific. Examples, track record, tenure, why things are broken that you fixed, why mm. things that have gone credit well under your leadership, your style of leader, what would people that work for you say about you? Those things I like to mm. ask. If you move down that stack of experience and tenure, um, I go back to the things I talked about. Mm. I want to see personability. I want to see character. I want to see honesty. Um, I find good people... Good people that I love being in, I love interviewing people with passion, Mm. but then I like to challenge them by what makes them angry, what makes them frustrated. Mm. Get them into a place where I don't need to see your passion, I need to see what fuels you. What what, what do you do when this situation goes bad, or personally and professionally? Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think it would would vary enormously on the type of role, but bearing in mind this is about, you know, maybe that earlier steps in the career, I would line the two very much together. Mm. That being yourself being very open and honest, um, personality shines through over, I think, experience at a younger age. Um, and talk about what's worked and what hasn't. Mm. Be open and honest. Yeah, mm. 100%. Lovely. Um, what's the most valuable marketing skill you can have? The most valuable marketing skill you can have? Measurement. Mm. Um, I was wondering when that was going to come up, and that's on your LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah, I think it's. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I and I I would say there's of course there's huge different variants of that. Teams that run campaign marketing, I measure on the opportunities they create and the pipeline associated to that. People that run our PR team are measured on reach. People that run our brand team are measured on share of voice. Um, measurement gives you the authority to change something and the credibility to carry on doing it. Um, and I don't know anyone in marketing, well, I wouldn't, wouldn't spend a lot of time with someone that couldn't tell me measurement around something they're doing. Um, 
yeah, that would be easy. That's actually, now I think about it, it's the easiest answer. I'll probably, you'll ask me today. Measurement. Perfect. Well, there 100%. you go. We only asked for one. And there you that's, go. that's the live all, <laughs> don't be all and end all of uh, marketing. 100%. Perfect. With social technological changes set to continue apace, what do you think an aspiring marketeer should be learning now to be the best position possible to add value to business in five or 10 years' time? Yeah, fabulous. Um, Well, I mean, you could probably say one or two years, Mm. right? The amount of change that's out there. Got to Um, understand still, haven't you, in tech? Yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest change I've seen here um, in 18 months and where I had to get on the bus very quickly and now it alters our business movement enormously is social media. Mm. Um, We have teams of people now who will monitor, maintain and develop marketing relationships through LinkedIn, through tools around it, things like Sales Navigator and Elevate, Mm. which are tools to help you engage with customers and prospects differently. Um, Two years ago, that didn't exist. I mean, there was LinkedIn. I mean, it was arguably the business version of Facebook when it came to life. Mm. Um, It was a communication tool. It then speared and became a bit of a recruitment service tool. And now it's found its feet again. And it really is a networking tool. And the ability for me to contact prospect a because i know what prospect a likes what prospect a thinks how they connect the types of things that they respond to it allows me to present my case so to speak much better and in the right time so that the pace of change there is staggering so sitting down today if someone could talk to me about their understanding and appreciation of social media as a marketing tool they've got my ears um But it's interesting measurement. I I would always go back to data. Mm. If you can measure what you're doing, um, it will work itself out. So um, an understanding of the importance of modern marketing is now measurement more than crayons and champagne. Um, And the appreciation that technology is pulling this industry left, right and centre. And um, yeah, if I look at social media, how that's exploded I didn't have a social media team two years ago. Now it's one of my biggest teams. You know, that, that's testament to how much it will change. So mm. um, I don't plan for five years anymore. I plan for 18 months too, knowing that probably halfway through that, we're going to be planning again. Mm. The, the change is enormous. Yeah. And then also, I think with all the information out there, customers, which obviously are at the heart of your organisation, what you do and and why you guys exist and are the top (laughs) within your industry. Um, But an awful lot of customers now are kind of reaching their own conclusions and decisions before they even engage with or talk to a salesperson. So I think marketing's function in that whole journey has increased tenfold in the last two to five years thanks to social media it's one of the first things that people do nowadays just naturally they google stuff and then they go find the right people on linkedin and then they look and see what articles and what comments they've made so it's really important in anyone's decision making buying process for no matter what it is yeah 100 percent. i think you know there was a almost that 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 relationship marketing has always had when you start that investigation mr customer i need to be at that point of engagement i think if you imagine this visualized we're the same distance again further back now rackspace what we fundamentally sell is a relationship with someone who's going on a journey to transform their business um 
So success for me is let's sit down and talk. Let's shake hands and work out we can help you with your problem. And I've got to know everything about that person to get to them two, three months before they hit Google, so to speak. Mm. Um, So, yeah, an incredibly powerful place. And, yeah, we invest a lot in doing it, but doing it right. Mm. Mm. Perfect. Um, How do you manage your marketing career in a company that's very, very short-term focused? Um piece of advice i think there for a rather frustrated marketer i i mean the first the first goal of marketing is to sit next to that whatever that strategy is mm. and if whoever this individual is is sensing that that is a short-term focus then i would argue that they're sitting in a very tactical marketing mm. function um probably by the sounds of things a small one if there's frustration mm. um there is there is there is always a place for marketing whatever the direction and strategy is but if it's i think what the challenge there is perhaps that you have someone just by the the wording of that question that wants to perhaps think a bit more strategically and wants to maybe stop being in the day-to-day weeds of marketing something that sounds quite bespoke to something that's quite defined mm. um no i the my favourite thing is hiring people. My favourite thing is when people leave because most people, if they do leave me, it's because it's the right decision for them and it's time to move on. And, mm. and a lot of it's because of that. I've found somewhere I can do this better. I've found the next challenge for me. Um, I live by five-year plans, personal ones. And the only time those plans have ever changed is if there's an opportunity to change my career. Mm. As you get older and more tenured, the reasons to stay and become committed to a place change. But... My answer to that question would be challenge that strategy. If your definition, as you've just described it, is short-term focus, is that that you've got the marketing wrong, in which case think more strategically, or if that's the business objectives that requires a short-term thinking marketing team, maybe it's not for you. And Mm. the best decisions are often the hardest ones. Mm. So if it's not right and you've tried all you can, it might be time to leave. Or... The great marketeers go back to the leader of that business and say, you're thinking too short-term. Let me talk to you how I can change this if you let me think a bit more strategic. Mm. And it might just be as simple as that. Has this individual taken that problem to the owner, her boss, his boss, the leader of that business and said, we are thinking too short-term. Mm. I have some ideas to change that. Who knows? That might be the answer. There you go. Be brave first. Try that if you haven't already. And then leave if they won't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There we go. Yeah. Um, I've been a marketing manager without a team for years, and I'm looking for a new challenge, but unsure what to do next. What are my options without taking on a team? Retrain or specialise? I would, if someone sat down in front of me and asked that, I would go straight I'd focus right in on the root of the problem, not for the answer. Um, so why, what is it that's causing this? Um, I think they've answered it themselves. You, if, if the desire isn't to become a manager, and I think that's not an overnight mm. one, so the management of people, as we've talked about, I think is something that you, that if it didn't sound like it was in that answer, the person magnetised very quickly on retrain or refocus, um, Refocus, that would suggest that you've become unfocused. So is it the same job somewhere else? Is it that maybe the role that you're in isn't for you, but the organisation is? Um, And then retrain, yes, we live in, a, as we've already said, marketing is a world of specialism. Um, Do I think I'm going to get, not to name names, my social media manager come into me and say, I want to be a content specialist? No. 
am I going to get them come in and say, I think we've focused our social media in the wrong direction? I hope so. So refocus <laughs> is your gift. You should be able to do that on mm. the spin of a hat. Um, repurposing a career. Um, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say it's time to do that, then do it, whatever age you are. Um, yeah, no one owes you the living that you're doing. So um, I, would, I would tend to hammer in on that. Um, the way I would tackle that, I'd put those two things on a board in front mm. of me. Refocus, repurpose, or retrain, I think it was. Sorry, Re- refocus and retrain, I think, were the two words, weren't they? Retrain or specialise. Or specialise. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would look at those independently. Is, is this about me, as in specialising, or is this about retraining myself when perhaps I'm not in the right role? Mm. Um, yeah. Tough one, though, because it's it's difficult because for every day that you're looking to make that change. There are specialists in those areas you're looking to move coming up and faster and faster. You know, I would not, five years ago, I might sit down one of my campaign marketeers saying, would you like to help me out in the social media team? Wouldn't do that today. I'd go hire social media experts. Mm. So it's a tough question. And it's, it's one I think you need to take to the root of that problem and answer yourself. Because um, it could be, take the role I've got and change it myself. You've got the gift to do that. Look at something else, in which case seek that help. Or a bit like the last question, is it time for me to think about doing this somewhere else? Mm. Mm. Adding value elsewhere. Yeah. Um, coming from a performance stroke activation background, what would be the best route for me to pick up branding communication skills? I think a good marketeer now, I'd, it's a great, that's the best question so far. Um, you, If you have a performance background, you know what? success looks like whatever it is you're measuring mm. um brand is a component of that i if if this question is how do i focus more on creativity i i'm i'm guessing this question is more about how would i move away from perhaps field marketing into something mm. more creative um you have the best asset of all you understand measurement um and i think the softer sides inverted commas of marketing are the hardest places to add that measurement of value so if you could sit in front of a brand leader and help them understand your value and that value's measurement and performance, then you've got a seat at that table. Um, I think it's easier than ever now with the plethora of agencies and creative minds out there to create good and exciting and you know different and sexy and all the wonderful things we need in brand marketing. But the hardest thing to do is measure it and grow it and keep it effective in a saturated market and b2b wherever you're marketing so um yeah interpret that brand step through the eyes of your measurement lens of performance and go be credible i would i would love a brand team full of people that put performance and measurement first (laughs) perfect um how do you convince someone your marketing plan is the right thing to do these questions (laughs) um if I focus in on the word convince, mm. I would suggest I'm not ready. Um, I'm not going in to convince anyone of my marketing plan. I'm going in to deliver it. <laughs> um, I've done all the conviction with la- measuring against last year, knowing what I need to do, getting all the stakeholders on board, putting the budget against it, having a strong ROI, having my gates of performance lined out. I've never gone into a room to convince anyone on a marketing plan I'm delivering it. Mm. Um, I'm, marketing isn't about justifying what you do. It's at the point of presenting. It's you've done all that already. So, 
Um, if you find yourself walking into a room to convince someone on your marketing plan, don't go in there yet. <laughs> go out and look at it again mm. and come in and deliver it. Mm. Um, and I would question that anyone sat in front of that plan would see the difference in you. Someone that's delivering a plan or someone that's in there to convince you. Very mm. different things. Mm. Yeah, it's not Dragon's Den. It's the real world. So, yeah, present it as a plan that you're there to deliver. Um, you're not in there to convince. Market Mentors is produced by Rockwood Audio, a subscription production service that takes the pain out of podcasting. From advice and support to editing and production to music and artwork, Rockwood Audio has you covered so you can stay focused on your goals. Better, faster, easier. Rockwood Audio. Save time, sound like a pro. How do you get involved in the board's strategic decisions? I think the days of, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that it, it at times feels like we're a sales support function, mm. and I don't mind that. Um, a lot of that's born of relationship and, and tenure. Um, I think the strategic decisions now of, a, of our business here, and arguably any B2B business, marketing's table stakes all the time. Mm. Um, the way we show up, how we show up, who we show up with, what we say when we get there, what we leave behind, how we engage the second time, how we present, how we turn up on their pace, how we bring them to us. Um, marketing, arguably, in most good business decisions comes first. Um, so maybe it's a bit of that conviction and delivery again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself as anything other than the voice of Rackspace. Um, and I have the gift to decide what we say who we say it to and when I say it. And if I can wrap that around with, and this says how many people listened, then I'm the loudest voice at that table. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the transition of marketing and how much data it has behind it now. I have the richest source of data in this business and if we use it properly, then I'm table stakes every day around those big decisions. Mm. Um, when is it safe to move more towards strategy and leave the tactical stroke hands-on tools behind without jeopardising your value as a marketeer to the organisation? What a great question. Right, I'll unpick again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can be tactical without strategy. Mm. I don't think if you are doing something and there hasn't been a reason to do it, then I would worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the chicken and egg piece. I guess there has to be something first. But anything you do tactical is born of a plan. Anything that you're planning has to be under some kind of strategy. Mm. I don't think stepping away. I think the two have to, underlined in bold, coexist. Um, and your strategy gives you the gift to go out and do the tactics. Um, if you see yourself in a role where you're doing one and not the other, I think you're half effective as you need to be. Mm. I don't have a strategic team and a tactical team. I expect the tactics to come from strategy. And, yeah, they're hand in hand. And, yeah, maybe I'm going back to the first question of what do I want to see in an interview? What could I offer? Could I advise to a graduate? Play with those two words and and bring them close together Mm. because I understand it. There used to be field marketing and tactical marketing Mm. and, it's not anymore. You, you, you are in a position now where strategy strategy eats tactics for breakfast. Mm. Horrible Americanism. But they need each other. So mm. it's, a, it's a question 
that needs more thinking about at the point of asking it. I think yeah. they're not independent of each other. Mm. Not for me. There you go. Um, I think it's so true as well. And often it, it kind of bellies maybe the level that people get to because often, you know, the senior leadership team really value people challenging and questioning tactics. So your thought process is right if you're arriving at that sort of question, but you have to be a little bit harder with yourself first and really evaluate what you're doing. Do you really understand why Strategy. you're doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's well put, yeah. Okay, so how important is it to have a marketing mentor and why? I think a mentor, it's often, it's, I've had a mentor, various mentors over my time, some for different reasons, but it's always been the wood for the trees thing. Mm. It's always because you're in doing it every day. Sometimes it helps to just be away from it and and challenge the way you approach things and progress things. Arguably, my best mentor for the last 18 years has been my wife because she's not in the industry. So she can often put the simplest of answers to the questions that you've been challenging all the way home in the car. And, (laughs) oh, my God, I didn't think of it like that. Um, I think what a mentor gives you is the ability to... The correct relationship with a mentor should be to talk about the things you think you've done wrong. I don't want to sit down and get praised by someone. I want to sit down and be able to say, I think I handled this wrong, or how should I have done this differently? I think if you get to a point in your career where the answer is, I could do with some help, a mentor, I wouldn't focus too much on this idea that if I'm in marketing, I need Mm. a marketing mentor, but then you need one. Mm. Um, I think if you ever walked into a room and someone, oh, this is John, he's going to be your mentor, you don't know what you need John for. Mm. I think it's an answer to a journey that you're going on. I've decided after my first job, it would make sense to put almost give myself challenges of progression in five years. So I started breaking my life down into five year chunks of Mm. where I think I should be and where I'd like to be. And that's when it made sense to write three years through this. And I don't think I thought I'd be a senior manager by now. And I could talk that through with a mentor. And um, I won't name names, but it was a contractor that had worked alongside me for a few years. This mm. was back in the Macromedia days. Um, and he was more of a sales leader, but he then helped me reset some of those things that I thought I would be doing by now. And actually what happened wasn't that I was failing, so I just set unrealistic goals. Mm. Um, and we worked together for about five or six years. And it was often just, do you think this is right? Do you think I've approached this incorrectly? Um, so incredibly valuable, mm. but I knew that I needed him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what advice have you received from your mentor that made the most impact? Hire better people than you. <laughs> That's probably the best one. I, as I started to progress in my management career, I always had this belief, and it was probably, I never really, I think until it was challenged, I didn't really give it much thought, but I'm in charge now. Mm. So therefore, people work for me, and yeah. you you almost present in your head this pyramid of, I'm at the top of this team. But then um, you also put pressure on yourself to 100%. have all the answers, don't and, you? It's and I would put normal. myself under massive pressure yeah. to be more capable, more organised, better. Mm. And, and it was early in my days of taking on teams of specialists. When I went to Insight, it became groups of specialists, so... I would then, by very nature, be sat in front of people who were better than me at something. And they don't need to be better. They just need leadership. Mm. Um, and that was a solid piece of advice from an old boss at the time. It was mm. just, just always hire people that are better than you, but know what that means. 
it's not challenging the role that you do. It's mm. if everyone around you is better, then their individual functions are performing. Um, and that stuck with me. And I passed that on a lot, actually, um, to people. Don't be scared that the team around you are all more capable or better mm. um, because all that does is reflect on the business that you're running. Mm. And if you're comfortable to do that, you'll get the best out of them because it will never be seen as that proverbial pyramid of, well, if I'm better than you, I should be doing your job. Mm. That took me a long time to articulate and get around my head. But once I did, it's probably my go-to now. Yeah. Um, are you better than me? Yes. Well, welcome mm. aboard, you know. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Join us. Join when? us. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, how to find a marketing mentor when you're already the most senior marketing position in a business? Yeah, maybe this was kind of mm. half eked out. And the last question about mentors, go outside of marketing. Mm. Um, go speak to someone in HR, go mm. speak to someone in finance. Um, in fact, do that. If this is a specific question, go mm. speak to someone in finance who understands the complexity of performance better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk to them about the challenges that you think you need a mentor for. The best advice are from the people that you least expect it from. And I would argue if you're looking now for someone to say, here is my advice on the next steps in your marketing career, go to someone not in marketing. Mm. Um, we do challenge, of course. The hardest job in marketing is that everyone has an opinion and marketing is opinion. But yes, that would be my challenge. Don't don't look at yourself now as I'm the top marketeer, I therefore can't get mentored. Go left and right. Mm. Go across the business. Find someone that you aspire to for another reason, someone that you admire because they present well or admire because they manage the sea of finances that power this business that we're in, whatever it is. Go and find someone else and you'll be surprised how much commonality there is and how much you could get from it Mm, and learn from and I suppose you know marketing really it is sitting at the table an awful lot more often in any business I mean we get startups telling us we need to hire a senior marketeer who can tell us who we are and how to communicate with our customers and you know we we know what we do we've grown organically we're very successful but now we want to put that um final flourish and touch to it and also have someone tell us how to grow our business how to take it to that next level it's commercial it's philosophical it's the visionary and yet you know these are the guys who started the business but if you've got anyone around you within marketing all of that information helps a marketeer become even more valuable and a better functionality I think of the business so if you can learn about the finance if you can learn about customer service um, if you can learn about the pain points and the problems and what it's like to be an actual salesperson in that salesperson's shoes and you know what sort of questions they get asked what when does the sweaty palm start and what can you do to help that situation um, is really exciting, I think, because you're constantly adding value to all these different parts of the moving machine. But if you do that well and oil every piece, it just becomes the the Ferrari. And maybe, there, and there's your point, in all that experience and all those conversations that you potentially have, there's mentors in there. There's advice, there's help, there's challenging you, there's exactly that. So I think it's there for everybody. Perfect. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in marketing stroke business and how did it come about? I would go to presenting. Um, it's something I do a lot of. It's something I enjoy. And it's, it was something I got confident at, but never too confident. Um, and it helped me, I think, as I developed 
because whether you're standing in front of four people or 4,000 people, that, that need to get people behind your message and send it, I've always found it an important part of my career. And in the early days... When, when did you sort of realise that that's something that you enjoy? How did you figure that out? Well, this was actually probably where the, the answer's going. I, in the early days of my career at Macromedia, it was fundamentally, it was selling products. It mm. was products for web and um, graphic design and automation, animation, sorry. And we each, in a small team in the UK, we each took a product that we would learn enough to present and demo. Um, and you would stand in front of hundreds, thousands at times of people mm. and present this product. And I became very apparent as we did this more and more that the first question you would ask, how many people are using this software today? Hundreds of hands would go up. And in most cases, you had prepared a demonstration. And I guess the the one thing I learned very quickly was the confidence to be the most educated person in that room. I knew that most people knew everything I did and more. But if you present with conviction and and confidence then it never bothered me I never found myself thinking oh my god this is going to be a disaster Mm. Um, and it's it's stayed with me ever since whether I've had to deliver tough messages challenging messages confident messages negative messages um, just be confident and I think to an extent I think it's grown more with empathy and as I've become more transparent I think in the way I communicate but I go back to that as a remember getting up on those stage and asking how many people have used Dreamweaver before and 90% of the audience know exactly what I'm about to demonstrate mm. but do it with conviction do it and you would get fabulous feedback and away you'd go so um oh I could answer that question a hundred times but that's the one that sprung to mind because mm. um, I think presentation skills however much as technology progresses whether you're on video whether you're on a blog whether you're on a podcast you have to present with conviction and that's half the battle. Um, this is quite a specific question, and I love the fact that you pulled this one out. Um, how do big corporates justify spend on difficult-to-measure campaigns around brand or thought leadership? Um, yeah, it is a good question. I think we talked a little bit about measurement earlier and the different types of measurement. Mm. You know, if you're down in the weeds of a campaign or an event, there's leads you can associate with it, that's easier. The significance of share of voice these days which is fundamentally i think the way you measure brand Mm -hmm. is as important um yeah you mentioned at the start we we work alongside with to some extent at times we compete with the likes of google the likes of amazon the likes of microsoft powerhouses Mm. who have spent millions and millions over the years creating strong brands um often the challenge with brand measurement is (coughs) it's often easier to associate the opportunity cost, i.e. what would it be like if we didn't invest in it and spend money on it? So we do, <coughs> to say, we measure through share of voice, we measure through PR, we measure through reach. Um, but it's okay for me to go to an event because if we're not here, if we don't turn up at the big VM World event in Barcelona, there'll be more negative... <coughs> connotations and assumptions made than there would be Mm. and sometimes it's okay to be at an awareness level um but i understand the question and i think if you if you have something and we do we have a share of voice metric we have a brand perception metric um if you have something that you can consistently measure and it starts to grow then you know that the effects that you've had have been positive do more of them and as i've mentioned a few times measurement is central to my world 
So uh, we have another question here, which I think is really exciting. How do you deal with all the noise and hype in the market balanced against the reality of day-to-day execution, which often isn't given due care, i.e. how do we keep up and get better? I reckon what they're talking about there is also around stuff like there's so much going on in marketing. There's ABM now, which is like the BuzzFeed. Then there's AI machine learning there's always so much new stuff coming into the marketer's handbook or um sort of tools how do you know where to invest time and what to do next yeah good question i think i think we we do a good job here of putting the customer in the middle and i think if you apply a kind of customer-centric approach to marketing um and if you know that could be a vertical or a segment or a you know, a new upcoming industry, whatever it is you're focusing on, I think then very quickly you associate the right way to talk to them, present to them, get in front of them. And then it's almost the the noise becomes the proverbial menu of things to deal with. Um, yeah, ABM is born of a need to get closer to big customers that you've engaged with. Um, you know, a more, if I think of our event strategy, you know, two, three years ago, we were at trade shows, squeezy balls and pens and taking badge <laughs> scans. Um, and the noise of that was hundreds and hundreds of leads in an Excel sheet that you'd come home and deal with. If I think of that today, it's all intimate dinners, one-to-ones, mm. workshops, briefings, um, because we've listened to the customer. Mm. Um, I don't mind the sea of opportunity, you know, what you mentioned there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't automate exchanges around our enterprise customers, mm. but then I wouldn't employ ABM into our small business teams. Mm. So I think it's, I, I challenge that it's a good thing, but if you sit who you're trying to target in the middle, excuse me, I think the answers will present themselves. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a sea of noise. And it's, I mean, my point about social media two mm. years ago, I didn't have a team now, it's my second biggest yeah. team. Um, it's understanding that noise, listening to it correctly, but you know that was born out of a need to engage with customers quicker than we were before. How do we do that? It came because of a need from a customer mm. or us to interact better. So stick the customer in the middle. I think you'd answer that yeah. much, much easier. Perfect. With pressures of general life, how do you manage the work-life balance and how important is it in today's society? Oh, what a topic. Um, very difficult, very mm. difficult. Um, I'm personally not very good at it. Um, Why is that? Is that just because you just enjoy what you do so much that you're just, it doesn't feel like you're working? Yeah, I, I am, I'm a lucky one. Mm. I do enjoy my job. Um, I have a wonderful team. I have a wonderful boss. I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. And, yeah, maybe once you start enjoying it, it doesn't feel like work as much as mm. perhaps. So, the, the, I mean, that, you're naturally, I think, drawn to hours i think most mm. people you know the work-life yep. balances in am i sat at home working yeah and um, not as much as i should would my kids i've got three children would they answer that probably mm. yeah you do a lot at home daddy mm. um i but interestingly it's one of the things i demand the most of the team you know get the balance right challenge yourself if it's not working I'm blessed with a real nice mix of male and female in the team and as in the female group, a lot of mums. Um, and I would have them time with the kids in a home and happy and settled more than anything we do here. Mm. Um, a bit like the analogy, if you go to a carpenter's house and have the door shut properly, I don't think I'd do a particularly good job <laughs> of it myself. Um, but then it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's a good question. It's something I probably need to think about better, but... 
Um, it's the most important thing. I, yeah. I would hate to think that someone working for me or working around me or that I know professionally struggles with it. But it's hard. I understand it's hard. There is a desire to every a lot of the questions of advice I talked about, do more, work mm. harder, you know, be better. Mm. Go in, don't convince, deliver. That deliver might be, well, I'll do it all tonight and be Put ready for the nighter. morning. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I often use the time, I piece of advice I had recently was use that, it takes me about an hour and a half to get home, use that time just to unwind. But now I find it's full of the calls of the Americans that I mm. need to do at the end of the day, start mm. of their day. So I can often walk out the car open the front door and I'm 10 seconds off a really stressful meeting. Mm. So the balance is a tough thing. Um, I think the generation under, you know, the 20s, 30s, I think will get better at it. Um, I hire an awful lot of people now with an expectation that I'll work from home, I'll do less in the office. We have Zoom, we have Skype, we have Slack, we have Teams. It's not suggesting... You know, when I was young, if you're working from home, you weren't working. There was no, no. such thing. Yeah. You sat at your desk and worked at your mm. computer. And um, then it was like, how long are you in? Are you in before the manager? I are you clocked in and manager? out with yeah. a card. I remember flexi mm. time. If you built up enough extra hours, you could take a day off a month. Mm. Um, I think the world's changing and responding to it better. But then the challenge, of course, is the good thing is you've got a laptop at home. The yeah. bad thing is you've got a laptop at home. It will, <laughs> so true. It will rear its ugly head in a more significant way. Mm. Um, the whole the whole idea of of mental health and the challenges that has, we put a lot of effort into people's personal development and what that brings here. Um, and, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fabulous question. Um, and it's something, personally, I would hold my hands up and say I don't do well enough, but... Um, it's an enormous struggle, I think, work-life balance for lots of people. It doesn't fit. If you want to progress, you want to drive, you want to drive hard, you want to make a difference, it's a struggle not to eat into that time that you would normally. Mm. Um, and anyone listening to this, anyone that you know, people listening to this, you point someone that does nine to five. They don't mm. exist anymore. The yeah. world doesn't let you. No. So, yeah, it's a really Especially good question. Especially with social media, because you get notifications, you know, you've got your work phone and ping goes an email at 10 o'clock. You, you're going to check it. You're going to read it. I Unless can, you're I really, remember. really good. Exactly. And, and even then, and you can't be good, are. because yeah. it's, it's problems that I, yeah. I've got to deal with now. I can remember, it might have been at Macromedia, it was. I was on the M25, just come off from the M4, and I had, we'd just been given Blackberries. And it was in the car on the not very good back then, it was lying on the chair next mm. to me and it beeped. And I realised in a split second that I'm now going to get emails on the move for the rest of my life. Mm. And I thought, it's fabulous. Mm. And in the same breath, realised this was the end of my life as I knew it mm. because now I could get emails on the move. And it was a real, I can, I can remember it like it was yesterday, this acknowledgement, this big clunky old BlackBerry <laughs> version one. Um, was it with that big keyboard on the front? The keyboard well? on the front, I yeah. Love that. And the, the scroll button on the side <coughs> that you press and it would yeah. always get stuck. Um, but yeah, that recognition mm. to your point that that's it now. Mm. I am never not at work. Mm. And yeah, it's tough work life balance. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Long may we continue yeah. to find the balance. Um, what is the book you recommend the most to B2B marketers today? I thought hard about this type of question. I would love to say to every B2B marketeer listening to this, go read the best bit of fiction. I want to say Lord of the Rings. Mm. 
just because I think time with a book is perfect question after work-life balance. Mm. Go read something that you escape into. So half of me drew to the best book I've ever read. And that was the only book I've ever read that after about finishing it for about a week, I felt something missing and I realised what it was. I was just missing the Lord of the Rings oh. book. Um, but on a more business level, there's a book called Making the Boat Go Faster by Ben Hunt Davis. Uh-huh. It's more it's more a state of mind I find myself in than a... It's not one of these how to be a great leader mm. or how to be anything. And it was his idea in the Sydney Olympics. He was brought in as a... Almost as a mental coach for the team of... The eight um, road team and for the British Olympic team. Mm. And we went to the Olympics with twos and fours and eights in the, in the yacht... In the boat, sorry... Um, and the twos and fours were destined to win, but there was no expectation on this the crew of eight to go and win. And he had this ethos about two or three years before that um, if I get them focused for the next two years on everything they do, every decision you make, every step you take, is it going to make that boat go faster? If it is, do it. If it isn't, challenge it. And they won the gold. And mm. they, it was an incredible story. And he came and did some talking at one of our kickoffs. Um, and I read the book and read it again and read it again. And it translates beautifully. And when we go into planning, and it was only two days ago, we sat working with our agency on something. And I can, is this going to change that lead number? Mm, no, no, I don't know. Then ask a different question. Let's think about this differently. Is that going to change the way we perform? No. Oh, God, why are we doing it? Great question. And it just the just the... The conviction to ask yourself that, will it make our boat go faster? Every day, Mm. in every decision I make, I use it all the time. Um, And as a book, as I say, it's it's a story of him and how he turned this team out. And it ends with the video of them winning gold. Mm. And the more moments getting out of the boat. And the the lack of celebration is quite... At Stan, you realise why. Oh, my God, they knew they'd won it Mm. before they got in the boat. They were so winners before they even Mm. did it, which is fabulous. Um, but the it's so transferable. Mm. The idea of that's fabulous for me. Is this going to is this going to change the performance? No, well, don't do it. Fundamentally, or change what we're doing. I'm going to get on Amazon in reception by that. Great book, I leave. great book, yeah. really good book. I haven't heard of that one, but I love the um, the sky, the incremental gains, all that um, side of things. So uh, that's going straight on the list. Um, so, what passing words of wisdom or advice would you share with our audience? I would say um, it's a it's like it's a bit of don't want to get too deep, but it's you know we're on this planet for a short period of time, so genuinely, if any of these questions or any of the things we've discussed see people think yeah I'm not happy with that or that's something I've got to change, change it. If you're not happy with it, don't do it. If you think you can control that happiness where you are, go make that change or. Just think about where you are in that journey. I, as I say, I live by those three five-year plans that help me always keep focused on doing the right thing. Um, and, yeah, just be bold and be brave. And as a marketeer, yeah, challenge what you're doing. And then swap conviction with delivery. I'm pleased we had that conversation. Just be absolutely confident through measurement and through experience and through performance and a bit of gut that this is the right thing to do. And, yeah, you'll progress. Um, and... Just challenge it every day. Make sure if it's making the boat go faster, do more of it. If it's not, change it and you'll be successful. 
That's fantastic. Really inspiring. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, really appreciate pleasure. it. Love it. So there you have it. Career advice from a real marketing expert and leader in the field. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please leave us a review in iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback.